0: Hi, I'm Austis Hjelmsdottir Annerud, former Olympic javelin thrower turned mental performance mentor and mom of two. Join me and my incredible guests as we explore the mind's role in peak performance. Let's unlock your mental strengths together. This is the Athlete Zone podcast. Welcome to episode number 10. We are back to interviews today and I am bringing you Axelina Johansson this time. For those that don't know her, she is a very promising young Swedish shot putter, who has had an incredible, <laughs> incredible progress in the last few years, going from, well, just being a promising young shot putter to absolute w- top of the world, like she's in the world's elite. She took bronze at the European under-23s when she was just 21 years old. The next year, at 22, she goes to the World Championships final. She's seventh at the Europeans. And then last year, she throws 19 and a half meters and she wins the NCAAs. And it was very interesting to get to talk to her because I've followed her journey, obviously since I live here in Sweden. And it's she's one of those athletes that is so much fun to watch because she obviously has so much fun when she is competing and she enjoys it so much. But also just because she seems to always be able to perform when it matters the most. She pulls out of herself just the best when she really needs to. And I was competing against her in 2020 when I was just having fun. And then she came there like a young, promising girl, throwing 15 meters. And two and a half years later, yes, two and a half, she was in the world championships final. And now she's gone to 19 and a half meter. And for those that don't know that is (laughs) that's enough to take medals at championships. So it was very interesting to talk to Axelina. And she was so open and vulnerably sharing with us struggles that she has had that I think a lot of people can relate to. I mean, it's performance, anxiety and putting too much pressure on yourself and being disappointed, having a meltdown when training isn't going well. All of these things that I think so many of you are familiar with. And she talks about and shares with us how she has dealt with it. And she had so much gold to share. So you really, really need to listen to this one. But before we dive into that, I want to ask you to do me a quick favor. I am doing my absolute best here to try to bring you interesting guests and share tips and do anything I can to help you grow. If you have been listening to this show and if you're getting value from these episodes, if you're enjoying it, then I want to ask you to just take a quick second to head over to wherever you listen to your podcast and rate the show. Because if you rate it, you're telling other people it's worth their time, and that's going to help me reach more people, and then I can help more people, and I would be extremely grateful. And also, if you know an athlete that could benefit from listening to these episodes or would enjoy it, send the show or the episode their way. I would be so grateful if you take the time to do this, but let's not keep this any longer. Let's just go right into my interview with Axelina. Here you go. Hey, Axelina, and welcome to the Athlete Zone podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk to me. We had a little adventure here because you are, what is it, seven hours behind me, something like that? Yeah, seven hours. And you are in the US and you're studying and training and you have a busy schedule. So this was an adventure, but we found some time. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there are going to be people listening to this podcast that have no idea who you are, possibly. So why don't we start right there? Why don't you tell us just briefly who is Axelina?
1: I'm a 23-year-old girl from Sweden. Uh, I'm studying graphic design in the United States, and uh, I'm throwing the shot put. (laughs) Um, When I'm not throwing or practicing, I like to crochet, and uh, hang out with friends, and also thrifting. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sounds very good. It was a very,
0: very good and very modest summary. Now, I mm-hmm. want to go and, well, we're going to go a little bit into your story, because I think it's very interesting, actually. Uh, you started throwing kind of early. Uh, choose, you were doing all the throwing events, right, in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. except Javelin. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) That's uh, the, what do you say, the discus throwers, shoppers, hammer throwers, they don't count that in (laughs) usually. No, it's more like uh, a spring. (laughs) Yeah, it's a running event. I've heard that a lot of times. Yeah. It's a running event. Yeah. But when did Mm -hmm. you start focusing on the shot put?
1: I started to focus on the shot put uh, when I was 16. 16. Uh, Yeah, that's kind of when I switched from glide to rotation. Oh, okay. And, um, I mean, I've always been doing shot put, I wanted to be a, uh, like a multi when I was younger, okay. but then I got a problem with my knees when I was 13. So I mainly just the throwing events. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of just ended up being shot put. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was doing a little bit of research slash stalking and I mm-hmm. saw that you've jumped mm-hmm. 116 high yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> I was like, Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> nice, mm-hmm. nice for someone who's like not going for it, <laughs>
1: like full on. I know. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, you, don't you feel like that today also? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still bragging about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can
0: imagine. I probably would too. Yeah. But you had some incredible, incredible performance. I would say, like, what would you say from 2019? Right, then you were 19 years old, right? Then your curve just mm-hmm. kind of started just whoosh. Yeah. What I happened so. there? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, that was when, I when mean, you were 19,
1: right? I think so. 19 or 20. Okay. Um, I mean, before that, like 2018 was like a really, really tough year for me. Okay. Like I didn't really have any coach and... Uh, I was just practicing alone, didn't really have, like, a training group. And also, like, the facilities back home were not the greatest. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, thinking about quitting. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but then I I moved to um, Falun okay. uh, when I was 18 and started to train with Mats Olsson. Okay. He's uh, a coach up there. And uh, I don't know, he was really, really supportive and just believed in me that I could throw very far. So I just like give it a chance and follow this program and everything. And, uh, yeah, and it started to go better and better, but then like, I still have problems, but like my mental side of it, okay. like I still like, didn't believe that I could throw far and stuff like that. Um, so I started to talk, yeah, so I started to talk to, uh, like, a sports psych. Uh, okay. I tried a different ones, once, but I don't know, I just grabbed, like, what I thought was good from each one of them. Um, and one of the uh, guys I was talking to said, like, don't think about throwing far, just think about, like, the feeling of the throw, like, what you're supposed to do instead of focusing on how far you throw. So that's kind of what I tried to do and that in combination with some technical improvements just m- helped me and took a step to throw further, which also like helped me believe in myself that I could throw far. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, that's kind of how it started and then I just continued to, Go better and better. Well, I bet <laughs> you don't regret that now that you kept on going. No. <laughs> but
0: I'm actually, I'm kind of curious. It's interesting that you say you worked with some sports psychologists. And I mean, obviously this podcast is mostly about the mental side. So I love that you did that. What did, what got you to seek help and talk to a sports psychologist? Did your coach recommend that or where'd you get that from?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was my, it was a coach, uh, back on Matthias Jungs. He was yeah. like, uh, um, he was like, "You need to talk to someone because, like, the mental part is as important as the physical part. Like, if you're not with up here, like, you can't, you can't, like, you know, you can't perform." Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so I was like, "Okay, shit, I need to. <laughs> I need to do. It <laughs> <another> <laughs> and maybe I should seek help." But I don't know. Like, before, when I was younger, I didn't really hear anyone talk about performance anxiety yeah. and and stuff like that. So. I don't know. I was like, I didn't even know you could get help with it. I was like, okay, this is who I am. Like, well, I can't do anything about it. Wow. But so? yeah, I just I love <laughs> that you're saying this because it's
0: hilarious. I mean, obviously, I'm way older than you, but <laughs> but it was the same for me. It was. I mean, this mm-hmm. was something that I struggled with. But at that point, it was just. You know, this was just who I am. I can't do anything about it. It's Mm -hmm. just like I didn't win the mental lottery. (laughs) It sucks to be me. You know, this kind of. Yeah. But I love that it we have gotten so far that you got pointed in that direction. So you you started working with some sports psychologists. You said you tried a few different ones, but you picked out like what you liked from each one. What was it that you picked out? You said this, like focusing on the feeling and not on the distance, which is also mm-hmm. something that I felt worked really well for me. But what
1: else? What kind of tips did you get? Um,
0: if you remember, I know it's been a while. Like,
1: that was like the main thing for throwing. But Then I talked to another woman and she said like, we talked a lot about like anxiety and she said like, okay, if you have anxiety over something, like either you just accept the situation you're in or you do something about it. Like you can't just do nothing and be worried about it. Like either you do something about it or you just have to accept how it is. And that kind of, I still think of that today. Like if I'm in a hard situation or anything like that, okay, can I do something about it? Okay, no, okay then, just have to let it go. go. (laughs) Don't
0: worry, you can't do anything. I love that. Yeah, yeah. How do you take that with you? Like, let's say that you're going to compete. Because I know that a lot of people are going to relate to what you're saying here. So I love that you can share kind of your <laughs> solutions and what works for you. But how do you take that with you? Let's say that you're going to compete and you're stressed. And you can feel some anxiety. Like, you might be worried. Like, oh, no. Like, it's a big competition. I have to do well now. Like, how do you
1: use this information there? Um, I would say... Like, now I have other techniques, but I've been talking to another sports, like, that I really, really like. And I've been working for him for, like, one and a half year now, maybe. But, like, before that, I was like, okay, yeah, I don't feel ready. Okay. Like, I don't throw, yeah, I don't know, I just don't feel ready to throw far. And then I can think, like, okay, okay, yeah, what What am I going to do about it? Like, you yeah. know, like... <laughs> Yeah, just accept the situation okay yeah i'm not ready yeah but whatever whatever you know like i don't know
0: that's that, <laughs> no, that really good makes sense it's like okay yeah. i maybe don't feel like i'm ready to throw as far as i want to i'm just gonna accept that mm-hmm. and do my best yeah and see where it goes mm-hmm. that's actually a very yeah. good very good advice <laughs> but i yeah. i don't know if you remember this but i definitely do but i think i competed against you for the first time it was in 2020 And, uh, then you were just like a promising young athlete. And, (laughs) and I remember it was, uh, in Stockholm, you came there and I think it was actually your PB that year, your indoor PB. You threw like, I checked this out 1567. And I remember, cause at that time I was like, I was right there around 16 meters. I was trying to break the Icelandic record. So as you came very close there, I remember it was a big PB Mm -hmm. for you, like super happy. And then, it's just so hilarious to me <laughs> that you were like coming up as this young girl and had a huge PB, you were like nipping at my heels. And then two, year, two years later or something, you're at the World Championships final. Like it's been such a crazy journey for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how has yes. it been? Like in 2020, you had this huge breakthrough like that year and you went from like 15 meters to 17 and a half like yeah what was it was it just you kept on working on the mental side but was it something else
1: i just think i just grew my confidence that's something that i've learned through the years that's confidence is literally everything like Mm -hmm. you need to believe in yourself otherwise you're screwed (laughs) (laughs) so i guess my i got like better confidence and that, and like, I got stronger with lifting program and also better technique. I got more confidence in my technique and kind of figure out how to use my legs instead Mm -hmm. of just like working with my upper body. Uh, and that like technical improvement just helped me throw so much further. So was
0: your was your coach focusing maybe more on the technique and and like you said with the sports psychologist, like getting the feeling of the throat? Was that the main focus there? Yeah, oh. uh, it's clearly worked <laughs> because it was <laughs> incredible yeah. improvements that you had there. So that's very so. You, I guess you just had a full year of training. Like there was no no injuries, no interruptions, no nothing, and
1: just. <laughs> God, it's, so, it's so far back. So I don't really remember, but I mean, yeah, I could train train pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So it was mostly
0: just good training and your confidence grow and you believed in yourself and it just, cause I remember yeah. watching this and it was just like, it was like <clears throat> a fairy tale story. It's just poof, like a one meter PB. And then again, yeah. and then you were like consistently up there. And I, I bet that many people thought like, you know, after 2020, going into 21, that your progress was going to slow. Like, you have a 2-meter PB, which is crazy in shot at this level. Mm -hmm. And But you didn't stop there. You didn't slow down. You didn't pause. You kept on going. And you go over 18 meters the next year. And you took the bronze Mm -hmm. at the under-23s. Did you expect – how did you feel about this yourself? Like, did you expect this, these improvements? Or did you shock yourself? 2021. Yeah, like, the whole thing, 2020 and 21, when you just –
1: the thing is, like, I kind of knew, like, 20, the, like, the reason why I kept going and not quitting, like, 2018 was because I kind of felt that I, I think I can become pretty good, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just had this feeling, like, when I just get, like, fix my technique and can get the push into the shot but yeah. I just, I don't know. I just had a feeling that I could throw far. But, I mean, the improvement I've had, I... It's it's just crazy to just think of like I did not expect to have such a good year and like increase so much each year. I feel like that's very uncommon. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> but so you were more like taking it step by step, and it's just like I'm training well. I want to do better and better and better, and it just kept working out. But did you at any point yeah. like just surprise yourself where you were just like, what just happened?
1: Uh definitely at the time I threw like 1750 yeah. that was like my breakthrough throw. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> um so I definitely chucked myself there and and also like at the, the World Championship twenty twenty two when I threw eighteen fifty seven yeah. and I don't know. I've had a few like also when I threw nineteen thirty indoors and when I threw nineteen fifty seven outdoors last year just like, damn. <laughs> I
0: was like, wow I know.
1: I just did it's, that. It's kind of crazy to think <laughs> of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was it was very impressive. <clears throat> I remember, it's funny that you say that, because I remember the 17 and a half throw, because like I said, it was just like mm-hmm. a few months before I was competing against you. We're like having 15 something as a PB. And like, yeah. oh. and I was just like, what? Is this, is this correct? It must have been 16, 40 No, it was 17. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it mm-hmm. was crazy. So you you went to you're studying in the u.s when did you start was it in the fall mm-hmm. of 21 uh, yes and it was. How has it was after the european championship yeah how has that been how how have you adjusted to the life of like training and being in a new country and everything
1: in the beginning it was, it was definitely very very tough because swedish is my native language and I mean, I've learned English in school, but it's not really the same thing as talking it every day and like hearing it every day. So that was very different. Uh, also because they have like d- different accents here. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what we hear in school. is not really how they talk here in Nebraska. And some people talk very fast and especially like uh, in our dining hall, Uh, where all the athletes eat it's like super loud because everyone is talking and it's music in the background so in the beginning i really had to like sit and focus on what 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 they were saying oh yeah um and it maybe took two months okay until i adjusted to that yeah Uh, but then it was also like a culture shock the way they interact with each other here and I bet that was yeah. a big shock <laughs> for the Swede. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was very, very different. Um, for any- and also like starting to studying yeah. again in English and I don't know, exp- like try to make new friends and locate ev- like, yeah, find where everything is and stuff like that. Yeah. So the first fall was very, very tough. Um, but I, had, I lived in the dorms my first year, and I had great roommates. Okay. And we all got along very well. Um, so that definitely helps. And they were also... Uh, two of them were, were international students, one from Germany, one were from Australia, and then had one from Nebraska. Okay. Um, had they so,
0: just come as well? Were they freshmen as well? Then? Yes. Okay, so they were also freshmen. They were all going through the same struggles, yes. basically.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was very... Very nice to have someone else being in the same situation. Oh, I can imagine. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm so glad I moved here because, I, I don't know, I just really like everyone. Everyone is so nice and I like what I'm studying and, I don't know, I just think I have more more fun, like, outside uh, throwing here than what I have back home. Oh, that, that
0: <laughs> is great because a lot of people don't yeah. get that, really. But you never felt lonely and never, like, missed home and just, okay.
1: No, I don't know. I moved out from my home when I was 18 back home, so I'd Mm, I'd only lived from home like three years back home in Sweden, so that wasn't like that different, Um, and I normally like FaceTime my family like a few times a week, so I still talk to them, Yeah, yeah, and I also had like people around me all the time, since I was living with three other girls, and then meeting people at practice. So, yeah, I was always, always surrounded with other people. Do you think, have you ever thought about this, maybe, that,
0: you know, the fact that you felt so good there and, you know, that you were so comfortable being there and in the environment and the people around you, that that maybe helped you perform? I mean, obviously you had a phenomenal year in both 2022 and last year. Do you think that was maybe a part of it, that you just you felt so comfortable with the situation there and you were just happier in general? Do you think yeah,
1: so? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I did so well last year. Because yeah. I really, really liked my training group and I had so much fun outside track. Um, so, yeah. I mean, my first year here, it was just such a big adjustment. So I think, I mean, even increasing, like throwing further than what I did the year before is like, Huge because my body was under so much stress <laughs> that year, so I didn't really have high expectations for that year. So I don't know, yeah, I just think it's very important to surround yourself with people that you have fun with and yeah. can feel comfortable with. Um, and just have fun, like everything isn't about track and field, you know, like yeah. you gotta have a life outside that, exactly. This is what I always say to the athletes it's like you're a person first. And then you're,
0: anath- mm-hmm. then you're an athlete. And I had an interview with Kara Winger, Javelin Thrower, former. Uh, she talked about this as well. In her last mm-hmm. year, I mean, she had this fairy tale ending to her career and she, she talked about it a lot, that in this last year, she had made some adjustments in her life to set her situation up so that she would be in more harmony and more happy and i think that Mm -hmm. she she believes that contributed to her success and i think this is such a such a big thing that a lot of athletes maybe don't think about It's like go and you know live in this wood like a little hut in the woods and just train 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 and do nothing else and be super focused and then you'll get the results i'm like no you have to feel good Yes, 100%. (laughs) Yes,
1: 100%. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I think it's it's so important because if you if you're not happy in general, you're never going to be. It spills over to everything in your life. And it mm-hmm. obviously seems to have done that. But I mean, you did great there in in 2022. And again, you like you keep on improving. You go to 1857. Like I just have to for those that might be listening to this and and maybe are not shot putters. Like this is insane progress. They were talking like 2 years before. You were throwing like third three meters less, and yeah, and that is just you basically went from being somebody who knows a little bit of shot put like <laughs> to being a world class. Like you, you went to the world championships final, and again you mm-hmm. didn't stop there. <laughs> you kept on improving <laughs> to into next year, <laughs> last year, but like you, you broke the indoor record with nineteen thirty, and then you throw very very early. I was the NCAA's, wasn't it? The
1: nineteen fifty four. No, it was the Big Ten Conference. Ah, I was the
0: Big Ten where you did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How was
1: that yes.
0: competition? Like you just seemed to be just you know, unstoppable there. How how did you feel <sighs> in that competition?
1: Um, it felt really good. Like from the warm ups to like through the whole meet, yeah. I kind of felt that I could throw far and just right before I started to throw the guys just through and um two of the guys from our team took first and second and they also threw huge pb like maxwell Ardal, he threw 21 22 uh, and then uh, jonah wilson threw 21 32. so it was like insane level on that meets I was like Oh, I was just so happy for them and just hyped up and um, know, but it was just great atmosphere and there were so many from my team was just cheering on me and yeah it was just oh, I'm just get happy when I'm thinking about it because it was just so amazing.
0: <laughs> I, I love that that you your takeaway like your memories from it it's like all of the atmosphere and you you're you know training partners and your friends and everybody coming to cheer for you it's it's again this like community the everything around the sport as well it matters more than mm-hmm. we think it's it is incredible yeah it
1: does but did you do mm-hmm. anything
0: specific to prepare like did you prepare mentally for this competition did you do anything different or was it just you had been you know building up your shape and you were just peaking
1: yeah <laughs> 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 yeah just worked on mean... it <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I started to work with the sports like um, last year. Oh, yeah. So we had like, because before meets, like I, I started to get like super, super nervous. And I like sometimes I was throwing up. Mm. Um, so I was like, oh, OK, wow. I don't want to ha- I don't want to have it like this because I was like suffering <laughs> before I was competing. So I was like, okay, I need help with controlling my feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I do, like, exercises for that, like, um, for example, if I am get super nervous and I'm starting to feel that I'm not getting nauseous. Mm-hmm. Then I've learned to, like, observe, okay, what am I doing when I'm getting nauseous? Okay, yeah, I'm stop breathing. <laughs> and I'm, like, flexing muscles in my throat and my stomach. Yeah. So, like, I'm the one who's causing the nauseousness. Yeah. Like, it just not that's not naturally, it, it doesn't come naturally from getting nervous, yeah. like, getting anxiety. Yeah. So then when I notice that I'm doing that, I'm starting to, like, relax and take deep breaths and like to prevent stuff like that. Yeah, uh, That is, yeah. that
0: is very good. So
1: did this mm-hmm.
0: start to like getting this nervous? Cause you talked about in 2018, you were struggling with it. You got so anxious before competitions and you dealt with it. Did this always follow you throughout the years or did it maybe become more when you were in the U S or?
1: No, Also, me throwing up before competition, it started way back, (laughs) maybe, I don't know, when I was 15, maybe, 15, 14, like, I don't know, yeah. I think it was because I had so much, like, performance anxiety, Mm -hmm. like, I wanted to throw so far, and I put so much pressure on myself, and, like, thought that people had so much expectations on me, and I, I was like, okay, I have to live up to these expectations, uh, Yeah, Because a lot of people like compared me to Fanny Rose when I was younger Mm -hmm. and she has been like the star uh, of shot put in Sweden. So I just felt like a lot of pressure and like I think it was when I was maybe 17 when I threw further than her like when she was 17. Mm -hmm. So then like a lot of people started to talk about that. Then I was like, okay, I need to throw further (laughs) and then the next year, I did not like I threw so bad, and I was like, "Okay, I'm so su- I suck." <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like I don't know. It just created a lot of unnecessary pressure. I feel like. But
0: did you work on that? These how you kind of your expectations before competitions? <laughs> I mean, now in the in the last years, or.
1: Yeah, I started to do that last year when okay. I talked to. My sports psyche. Okay, so you're you're yeah.
0: handling that, and then also the the symptoms, so you don't just tense up and get nauseous. Yeah,
1: and... no, no. I I feel like I've really have really grown with that. Like my the mem- my mental preparations for competition uh, this past two years. Uh, so that I'm really proud of that. <laughs> yeah, you can be absolutely.
0: <laughs> This is very interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's great tips, everything that you're saying, because I think a lot of people can relate because there's exactly this. It's like we put so much expectations on ourselves and then we just get stressed and everything has to be perfect. And and very often we start like making up expectations from others. Like this, everybody Mm -hmm. expects me to do this. Or like my coach is going to be disappointed if I don't do this. Or my parents or something like this. But I mean, I work a lot with athletes one-on-one. And whenever I start to dig into these... When you really go like, okay, so has your coach said anything to indicate that he's going to be disappointed? And we're like, no, not really. But I just, they just make it up. They just think they, they kind of mm-hmm. transfer their own expectations over to the coach. So this is yeah. super common. So I love that you're just open about this is what you experienced and you dealt with it and how you did it is I think that's going to definitely help a lot of people. But yeah, so if we continue with this <laughs> incredible journey that you've been on, I just wanted to kind of that quickly. But so you had this huge throw there, nineteen fifty four. I mean, that is that is world class. Like you could have, like with a throw like that, you could potentially medal at you know Olympics, World Championships. It's just it's huge. But you had an injury right after that throw. Yes. Tell
1: us a little bit about well, that. Well, maybe injury. not right after, but, but a little,
0: little bit after it, in that season.
1: Yeah. Ta- yeah. Tell us a little bit about um, what happened. So it was when I came back from uh, the Team European Championship, um, and it was the first practice back. I I was going to save a throw, <laughs> and uh, I just felt something pop <laughs> in my hamstring. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I. Got some recommendations to who I should talk to and stuff like that. So I called this guy and he was like, "Hey, when can you, when you can, you come down and see me?" And I was like, "I don't know, to, tomorrow." And he was like, "Okay, perfect. I I will meet you at your hotel." And I was like, "Okay, perfect." So then, like, he oh, called Askeling. He was the guy who who helped me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he did some uh, like looked up what was wrong with me. And then I did an MRI and then they could uh, see that I had like a big torn in, in one of my, uh, uh, like 20 centimeter tear in one of my hamstring. And then I also had two small tears in the other two hamstrings. Wow. 20 Um, centimeters. Yeah. It was, it was bad. That is big. You didn't think I, yeah. So I was like super stressed at that moment because I, you know, the world championship, I was in really good shape and I just really felt that I could have performed very well. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, can I, can I go there? Can I, can I compete? And he was like, I'm not sure we have to wait and see. And I was like, you know, I got the feeling from him that no, you will not be able to do it, but he like, didn't want to say yeah, it. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, how long before? Western? Oh this was 8 weeks before that 8 weeks before yeah championship. yeah so 4 weeks after that i just did rehab and uh, yeah just just rehab okay um and uh, then i started to do some easy drills and uh, started to getting into it um maybe Oh, maybe three, four, three weeks in before I was going to compete um, and start to throw like more like normal two weeks before the championship and do a reverse, like, yeah, the week of oh, wow. the oh. championship. So, so just right before... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we had to like be super careful that I didn't push myself too hard in the gym. Like we had to adapt everything and Yeah, just be on the you know, be super careful but pushing it at the same time. Um so that was really, really hard like mentally. I can imagine because I don't know. I was throwing so bad, like two weeks before the championship I was throwing like sixteen meters. like I was fighting to get over sixteen meters. Yeah. And like I don't know. For me, confidence is like so important. So when I was throwing so bad, I was like, "Shit, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no I'm screwed. Like I didn't really, I didn't even want to go and compete, you know, because I was like, what am I going to, like, what's the point of going there and throw 16 meters? Yeah, I, I was like, "That's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I was like, okay, but I just trust the process and continue doing it. And then it started to go a little bit better. I had a pre-camp, uh, when my American coach came, uh, to Budapest and we were training together and then, yeah, I don't know for, I don't know. I just, he kept telling me like, you can, you can't do this. Like you, you're going to throw far." And I was like, okay, whatever you say, <laughs> I believe you, I'll you just know? trust you. <laughs> but then I kind of like, even if I didn't deep down, like believed in myself, I still, since I know it's so important, like I kind of keep telling myself that like, okay, I can do it. You know, I can, I can do it, you know? Um, So when I was competing, I didn't really think about my injury like that much. I was like, okay, I just, I want to go to the final. I want to do well. I'm just going to do my best. And I managed to throw 1857 the same uh, distance which was by
0: the way same distance as last yeah.
1: year yeah but this time it was not enough oh but <laughs> so, 13th
0: place i mean i i was yeah 13th i think i probably have some kind of a record in that it was like three european championships and one world championships i was 13th it was like mm-hmm. it was insane and i know exactly how much it sucks
1: <laughs> yeah i was oh, i don't know it was like a bittersweet feeling because I, I was happy though I was throw I I managed to throw so far, but I mean, but so cool. First loser, you know, like <laughs> yeah. yeah, just two centimeters from the final was kind of the yeah, it, it sucked. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: But wasn't it making it extra difficult? You know, during this time when you when you had the injury, having thrown so far. I mean, obviously, with 1954, people were probably expecting you to medal, and then you have this injury, and you were in the final the year before.
1: Didn't you feel a lot of pressure from home? Oh yeah, I did. Probably everywhere, but the media. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like the media was hyping me up, and like when they find out that I was injured they were like calling me like every week i wanted to interviews like how how is it going would you be able to compete like no 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 and i was like (laughs) i was just not used to that um so yeah it was very very different so sometimes like i had to say i had to say no because i was like okay no i i don't want to talk to you you guys about that (laughs) you know i don't know it was just too much like i'm also a person and this is something that i was very like sad about and um yeah and you don't want to discuss it all the time you don't want to be
0: reminded like you're trying to think about something else have time pass and you're trying to divert Mm -hmm. your like Think about something else, you know, and they yeah. keep pulling you back there. Just like, tell us about this. It must have been. I know. How did you deal with yeah, that? But you I did say no to them at some point.
1: Yeah, sometimes I said oh, no. Good. Uh, yeah. I was. It was good. I mean, <laughs> I think. Well, I like, had my coach back home yeah. doing interviews for me. He was very, very kind with that. Uh, oh, that was very good. Yeah. That is very mm. good. So, what did you do anything? I
0: mean, obviously, like you like you said you couldn't throw until just, you know, a few weeks before and and not really properly until what the week off. I mean, did you do any kind of visualization? Did you do any kind of mental training then instead since you couldn't, you know,
1: throw? Not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was like, oh. I was like at that point I was like, "Okay, I'm going to do everything I can mm. to get back as fast as possible and to compete at Worlds. But like, if I don't, okay, then I know I did my best mm. and I couldn't have done anything else. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm not a big, I don't normally like visualize my throwing okay. outside, like when I'm not throwing. if not Yeah,
0: you do maybe visualize it and then you go into the ring, you
1: mean? Yes, yeah. that's like how I, I normally do in it in training or in competition or something. Yeah, yeah, but like when I'm not practicing or anything, I don't want to think about shot then. Okay. Yeah. But it's still, I I caught that you said before that you were like you didn't
0: your your coach was telling you that you could do this and you didn't really believe it, but you were trying to tell yourself like I can do this, I can do this. Essentially, what you were doing there, I don't know if this was planned or what, but you were just using self talk. Like you're using this. This is something that works really well, even if you don't really believe it like there, but didn't it help you? Like the more you said it, the more you kind of felt like, yes, I will be able to do this.
1: Didn't it work for you? Yeah, I think so. I feel like it, it helps a lot. Like there have been many times where I don't feel ready or stuff like, like for nationals, for example, like the the training before I was throwing like 16 meters that day too. And I was like, Shit, I'm screwed. Like, because that that is also like a lot of pressure. Like, I I was coming in as like the best uh, shopper there, and everyone expects me to win. Uh, the school expects me to win. Like, my coach expects me to win. Like, I don't know. A lot of people just expect me to win. <laughs> so I was like, shit. Okay, I just gotta perform. Um, but then I also knew that this is something I really really want, and I. I don't know. I I came second at the indoor uh, NCAA's mm. last year, and I was not very happy with that. So I was like, okay, that's I not know. gonna happen again. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna win. Like I kept I kept telling myself that I'm gonna win. Like I'm I'm not gonna let anyone defeat <laughs> yeah. me. And I like the focus I had that meet was insane. <laughs> a, because. I've, it have happened so many meets, like at the under-23 European Championship, um, and, at, and I'm an indoor NCAA, that so people is passing me the last round. Like, I have the lead, and then it's in the last round, that's when they passing me. So I was like, okay, that's not going to happen today. Like, I'm going to throw so far that no one can pass me. <laughs> so all, <laughs> and all my throws were over 1890. That is uh, insane. And then... Yeah. And then I ended up with the 1928. So yeah. So you, you felt a lot of expectations. You felt a lot of
0: pressure from that, but obviously there you managed to use it. Like you did not, did you get like the super nervousness like that you talked about before that you often experienced or did you just manage to stay focused?
1: I mean, I managed to stay focused. Sometimes it's just, I don't know. It's just switched for me. I don't know, sometimes I can just come into this competition mode and then I'm like, okay. We call it the <laughs> super focus. We call it the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and I've also like learned through the years to like keep my focus. Like sometimes I do mindfulness before I go to bed and uh, to just train mm-hmm. that, keep my focus. Yeah and I use that sometimes in competition if I feel like okay I'm all over the place like I need to focus on what I am right now and what I gotta do Um, so that's something that that I train yeah for sure so you
0: do the mindfulness like just in daily life but then you also use it when you need in like competition and maybe even in training just, uh, yeah, I mean, that is incredibly powerful because I, I was, I just came back from Iceland. I'm going to date this, <laughs> this interview a little bit, but I was giving mm-hmm. talk and having courses and I'm actually exactly about this, like mind, mindset training, like mental training for athletes, among other things. And we are talking about this a lot. And just this thing with mindfulness is that, I mean, I am old <laughs> again. So when I was growing up, when I was a teenager, we didn't have mobile phones. We didn't have, mm-hmm. or like, okay, when, when I was like 14 or 15, I got my first mobile phone and, and all you could do was play snake and text somebody and call. Yeah. Like you, and that's boring after a while. So it wasn't the same, mm-hmm. you know, check social media and always on your phone kind of thing. And I just noticed now, whenever we need to wait, we can't be with ourselves for a second. We, we take up our phone so fast. So I think it's more important than ever to actually do mindfulness training to just like be with yourself with your thoughts for just a second without yeah. taking up your phone without like starting to think about something else just be we we never do that anymore
1: i'm sounding no. super old when i <laughs> say this like, <laughs> no but i totally get what you mean yeah. like so like when especially like i feel like when you go outside it's, I think it's super relaxing to the mindfulness yeah. because then you can like hear the birds, <laughs> yes. or like you know, just listen to the sound in the surrounding, like breathe through your nose, Like what, yeah. what, what can you smell? And, okay. and like, how does the wind touch your skin? I don't know. Just be present. Right. Exactly. Uh, Everybody that's yeah. listening,
0: take notes. <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> this series is brilliant. Cause I I've experienced, I have, a dog and I used to have two dogs our older dog he he has uh, unfortunately we had to put him down but he was a very difficult oh. dog so when I had him, I couldn't be, like if I was out walking him, I couldn't be listening to a podcast because if we would meet another dog, it was going to be a shit show and he was 55 mm. kilo Bernese mountain dog. Like he would take me, like, I had to fight with everything I had and I'm not weak. So, And I also had a golden mm. retriever. So I had like 55 kilos in one hand and I had 35 kilos in the other one and they were jumping and running. So Damn. yeah, so I had to pay attention to like, is somebody coming, do they have a dog? So I couldn't be listening mm-hmm. to podcasts when I was watch- walking them and exactly this that you're describing that you'd like, you started to like, I was listening to the surrounding, noticing if there were anybody, people coming, birds singing, like animals in the forest, like that kind of thing. And it's now when I only have the other one and I'm going for walks, mm-hmm. then I, I'm really just, you know, if I'm listening to, if I'm stressed, I can't listen to a podcast. Then I prefer to turn everything off and just, you know, be present be in there. Anyway, long (laughs) sidetracking from Uh what we wanted to talk about. And I just, I really love this because we were talking about this thing a lot on the trip.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It came up often, this thing with the phones and the importance of doing mindfulness. So I want to encourage everybody to actually do that. But I mean, I think that you, you did incredibly well there. In, in the world championships like with this injury and I mean you did at the NCAAs obviously as well <laughs> this is incredible but how is your injury now how is the hamstring
1: now after it's pretty good uh, I still feel it okay. a little bit when I'm like stretching and stuff but it doesn't really bother me okay in my training anymore okay uh, but it's so that's, that's nice. It's still
0: something that you're aware of. Like it isn't completely healed. Yeah. But did you feel it when you no. were throwing at
1: the World Championships or was it was it okay? Uh, when I'm throwing, I'm not really in that position normally if I don't like yeah. kinda save my throw like that. Um, it's more like when I'm kinda bending like over yeah. and like so it stretches my hamstring. Oh, yeah. Um but it was like more when I was stretching, and if I was lifting in the gym, I could feel it. Uh, I had like I couldn't lift anything from the floor, and uh, I had to do everything from racks, and no deep squats. Uh, and it took it took many months until I could start lifting from the the floor and okay. do full deep squats. I think I started to do full deep squats maybe like a month ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's, it's having taken a long time. So
0: did you have to adjust yeah. your training a lot this fall and this winter? In the beginning? Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: do you, how do you feel no, that it has affected like your shape and, and so on? Um, I mean, it has been tougher for like the squats and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But I mean, if you look at the shot, like and how it's
1: translating to your throwing and and so on. Um, I think my, like, it has been going okay. Okay. I haven't, I haven't been going the greatest, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. I mean, you were competing. I hope it's gonna. You were
0: competing, was it yesterday?
1: No, last weekend. Yes.
0: How did that go? Mm -hmm. No, we're dating
1: this again. Uh, <laughs> it went it went okay uh, after 1844. Okay. Um so it's my best season opener ever. Uh so I'm pretty I'm I really happy with that. Uh, this yeah. just shows
0: how far you've come. You're just like 1844. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> just the best start of any <laughs> season ever, but you know, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you seem no, but to be, it, it was good. Yeah, you seem to be on like good roll. It will come. I mean, you did 1930 last year and you didn't open with this far, so (laughs) not meaning to put any extra pressure. (laughs) (laughs) But I am, I'm a little curious uh, before we start talking about this season and and what is coming up, because obviously there's a huge year coming up. I want to talk a little bit more about the mental training because you obviously have worked quite a lot with sports psychologists and Mm -hmm. you've mentioned a lot of things that you're doing. Um, you do mindfulness training, but is there anything else like specific mental training that you do like on a regular basis now? Or is it just the mindfulness that you incorporate?
1: Not on a regular basis. Okay. Uh, mindfulness is like the only one I do, I would say. But uh, it's more like before I compete or like, I mean, sometimes when training is not going the greatest, I'm, I'm starting to panic and <laughs> I don't know, I get some mental breakdowns, <laughs> but uh, then I have to like, I don't know, kind of take a step back and be like, okay, why have it not been going through greatest? Okay. Yeah. I was sick two weeks ago and mm. then I got like spasm in my back. So, okay yeah, maybe not the greatest preparations. So I can't really expect great results, you know? Yeah. So kind of, I don't know, that's something I've learned through the years that just like take a step back and try to see it from someone else's perspective because I'm in it like every day and I don't know, I, I don't really think about things like that. I'm just like, okay, I'm training every day. Like I'm training every day. Like why is it not going well, you know? But then when I'm taking a step back, I can be like, okay, yeah, I was sick and I did this and that affected that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Stuff like that. It makes a lot
0: of sense what you're saying here because you need to sometimes, you know, it's so easy. We expect things to just just keep on going. And I mean... uh, Obviously, with somebody who has had the kind of progression that you have had, it's you're used to things just going just straight up. Yeah. So I can see how you kind of, even though, I don't know, even though you maybe know on some level it can't go on like that forever, but you still yeah. want to. I know. <laughs> but I
1: want to. <laughs> I, I know.
0: But it sounds like, you have still a lot of this like perfectionist in you. You want every session to be good. I
1: Yeah. How you don't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's true.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah. do you have a hard time dealing with it? Like if you just no, I mean obviously if you have a really bad training session and we struggle, that that's difficult for everybody. But do you if if you just have an okay session, are you then fine or do you immediately start to panic? And as you can see, maybe I'm asking here somebody who understands because I was there, (laughs) so I know how it feels.
1: Yeah, um, like normally, like if I just have a bad session, I'm like, okay, Okay. yeah, it was just a bad day. Like it's gonna go better tomorrow. It's more like if it has been going on for a long time. Yeah, okay. Like for for months, then I, then then I then I can freak out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: And how do you deal with yeah. these freakouts Then you do what you, you know, what you mentioned there. You kind of look at a little bit like, okay, why could this be happening? Could there something be causing it or do you do anything else? Um, I know I'm asking really I, difficult I questions. I talked
1: to m- <laughs> No, it's okay. Um, yeah, I talked to my sports psych. Okay, um, and And he can help because he he can help me see it from another perspective. Uh, While, like I said before, like I'm in it and like, I'm just experienced so much emotions and I'm like, I don't know, crying. (laughs) And it's just like, oh, I don't know. It's just, I just feel like the toughest part is just that. Like I'm sacrificing so much for the, like to throw far, like, I haven't gone out and partying like all the other college kids like I can't do some stuff because I practice or you know like I have to go to bed in a good time so I get good recovery like I feel like I'm sacrificing so much and when it's not going great it's just like okay I don't know why am I doing you know (laughs) like why am I spending so much time doing this when I I don't know when it's not going well I don't know that's how I feel sometimes But I'm trying, I don't know, talking to my sports psych and be like, okay, yeah, I'm in a bad period right now. I just have to continue train and it's going to turn at some point. I don't know when, but it's going to continue to push. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so you will get through it eventually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's mm-hmm. a it's a it's very interesting how you I love how you're using the sports psychologist to help you in this because I know, I
1: mm-hmm. mean, I
0: I was there as well. And especially when I was younger, and I, I didn't have this, I didn't know that this was something that you could do, like talk to a sports psychologist. So I was stuck in this and oh my god, how much time I spent <laughs> beating myself down. So mm-hmm. I love that you're actually like doing something about it. But Do you feel like, I mean, obviously you started very kind of early with working with somebody and doing these things, like dealing with your emotions and doing some kind of mental training. And did you feel like it worked right away? Or did it take a little bit of time for you to kind of get into it and for it to work for you?
1: I think some things worked right away. Like if you got a good thing to think of. could work right away but i would say changing a mindset it doesn't change overnight like that you have to to work on that for a long long time Uh, like even if i've i've been working on it for now like one and a half year and i still think i have a lot to improve um so yeah it definitely takes a long time (laughs) yeah when you have these
0: like limiting beliefs or you have something on your mindset the way that you see things and you need to change that that does not happen Mm -hmm. overnight but i think for me at least my experience was then when you would use some techniques like let's say the breathing to relax or visualizing or talking to yourself like that kind of then you're like ah yeah okay i feel this right now Mm -hmm. but of course like changing how you think that takes that takes longer Did you experience that too, like with the mindfulness, for example, when you started using it? Did you feel a difference
1: right away Um, or soon? No, not right away. I don't still know if I feel like a difference like that. It's more like I'm more aware of, I mean, I guess, yeah, it works. Like I'm more aware of what I'm doing and uh, helps you focus, right? uh, Yeah. It helps me focus. Yeah, yeah. But it can be really hard in the beginning because the, the brain, like for me, I w- it's I was very used to like having so many thoughts going in in my head and changing focus all the time. So then when you are forced to like, okay, focus on your feet, <laughs> and <laughs> then like focus on your knees, and then then you start thinking about something else, like oh, but I'm going to do tomorrow, and then yeah, you're like, okay, shit. Now my thoughts are wandering. So then you be like, okay okay, go back to this and, I don't know, it just helps you be more aware of how the brain works, I would say. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I agree. It, I mean, this can be super difficult if you've never done this. And like I said, this thing with our phones, yeah. like we never do it naturally. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to throw my husband under the bus here again. I did it when I was giving talks. No, <laughs> no it's just, mm. I do this too, so I'm not innocent. But it's just a one example of this is like we need to if we're watching tv or something like if you're on your phone at Mm -hmm. the same time you don't like you you miss what is happening on the tv yeah but we are so used to we never wait so like we we do it intentionally if we're gonna watch a movie together or something we put our phones away and we don't have them but then maybe i need to go to the bathroom And as soon as I'm like, hey, Mm. can you hit pause? I'm going to go to the bathroom. He's like, he's like a ninja. He has his phone before I stood up off the couch. He can't wait for like two minutes and just not just be with himself. Just, you know, it's the phone comes Mm -hmm. up right away. So obviously, like it, it's difficult when all of a sudden you're gonna try to do some mindfulness and you try to just focus on the present and not go like, what am I going to do later? What was happening Mm -hmm. today? And and all of this. Yeah. But your coach, how is, do you do any of this stuff with him? Like, is he, does he think about the mental side a lot? Is he aware of, like, what you're doing? And how do you guys communicate about that?
1: I'm pretty open with him, how I feel. I normally tell him if I'm super nervous, and, uh, or like if I feel sad, or anything like that, so he know how he can, like, what do you say? Like, yeah. How he deals with you. To me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, so like for competitions, for example, we norm like we normally go and um, do some drills in the morning just to get, I don't know, get my mind kind of out of my head. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and just, I don't know, a little shakeout, and just chill and relax, like if I'm competing in the evening, Mm -hmm. Um, but, I don't know, I I think he does a great job, and he is, since I'm sometimes doubting myself, he's very good at being like, okay, yeah, no, I know you can do this, Mm. and like, every time he tells me I can do it, and I'm not believing it, I'm I do it like I don't know. <laughs> he, he's always right, which is kind of like frustrating, but it's, it's also ve- like um, it can calm me down because I know. Okay, yeah, he sees it from another perspective. He knows what I've been doing. Like he knows yeah. if I'm ready or not. And um, yeah, it's all. Yeah, it just feels very, tricked. What do you say? Like calm. Yeah, it's like, like secure. Like, it's safe. Yeah. It's safe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, to to know that he believes in me. I don't know. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I, I can also imagine that since he's so annoyingly always right <laughs> that yeah. if he tells you if you feel like you're not quite there and you're nervous about it and then he tells you it's gonna be okay, then you're like he has been right the last ten times. <laughs> he's probably gonna be right yeah. today as well. Yeah. So like every time he's right, it's easier to believe him next time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but is he like, I mean, some coaches, they think about the mental side and like, how do I talk to the athletes? They maybe talk to them, you know, differently right before a big competition to help, help you build up your confidence and all that. And some, some coaches, they don't think about it at all. They just, you know, I'm here to tell you how to throw the shot, <laughs> you know, is, yeah. is he one like that or does he, does he think about it? He considers what he says to you and when and so on.
1: No, he definitely is very aware of what he's telling me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> For competitions. He he knows that I need to hear like <laughs> he need to hype me up. Yeah. <laughs> and he need to but he also like sometimes he also put like pressure on me. Like he can be like, okay, yeah. Uh you're going to win. like <laughs> you, you know, like you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> now I have to, you know, like, I don't know, but he does it in a way that I don't feel like, I don't feel like he's going to get disappointed if I'm not yeah. doing that. Um, yeah, he seems to be very intuitive yeah. with it. Yeah. 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 I think he does a great job.
0: Yeah. I, I had some discussions with a lot of athletes and I mean, uh, Maria Andrzejczyk's javelin thrower she talked about it her coach wasn't involved at all and I've I've kind of experienced both and I think I mean obviously it's not necessarily like you can't expect your coach I mean some people are good at some things and some people are not and you can't expect the coach to be good at this as well but I think it really helps mm-hmm. when he is yeah, I think it really
1: helps I agree I don't think I could be coached by anyone who is like doesn't care about my mental health or like, you know, I don't know. I need someone that I'm very like, I can be very like emotional and I feel my emotions very strongly. So I need someone to kind of approach me with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now it's, I mean, (laughs) you need to be
0: like the way that she was describing it. It's like, you need to be tough. (laughs) You need to be tough to survive that, or you need to become tough, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah but i wanna talk since we're talking about the mental prep i mean you have obviously been so good at throwing well when it matters the most like you have been very good at peaking at the right time and as you saw since you shared the story we, i always post on uh, on the instagram stories and like if so that the listeners they can take part kind of by posting questions and i got two mm-hmm. questions for you and i actually mm. kind of had these well, a version of these questions, we maybe answered some of it, but let's just go go for it as it is. I mean, how is it that you, how do you prepare? Do you do anything specific? You've got to listen to question is like, how do you peak before a competition? And obviously, I always look at more the mental side because you know, we all train and we all follow the training plan. And if we do the right things, then we are in peak physical condition. But mm-hmm. how do you make sure that you're in peak mental condition when you're going to compete?
1: I would say that before, like, I go into the meet, you know, it has been like my main goal for the season yeah. and like I have I don't know, I just have high expectations for myself, like what I want to achieve. So normally I kind of tell myself like, okay, yeah, I want to place this like, I want to throw this far, like I want to go to the final or I want to win, you know? Like I'm telling myself that uh, like a long time before, like for now, like for the Olympics, for example, like, when I'm going there, like, okay, yeah, I want to go to the final. Like, I want to... Yeah. I'm already telling my that's right now. Like, okay, I'm I'm going to go to the final. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to... And I'm going to do well. Like, I'm going to throw far. Uh, so that's kind of how I... I'm, I'm telling myself that for a long time before. Okay. But then, like, normally... also before every meet, I have mental breakdowns. <laughs> <so. laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just have a... Yeah. Like, if I... I don't throw good like before the, the meet, like for the like this year, the last year of the world championship and also the year before that I was throwing like sixteen meters the week before I was competing and I'm like, okay, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> um, so then I, I don't know. I haven't thought that I am in good shape and capable <laughs> of throwing far and then, so I don't really have like high expectations. So then, I do well. Maybe that's <laughs> I don't <know>. the key.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I guess that's something I I feel like I have to work on too. Uh, because I mean, it's I don't know. It's like I keep telling myself that I'm I'm not in a good shape while I am. You know, like mm, I don't know. Yeah.
0: So. But maybe that's just your way yeah. of not putting too much expectations on yourself. That's your way to kind of think so. calm down because
1: I think, yeah, I think so.
0: I think it's, it's yeah. difficult. I mean, what you're describing here, the goals that you have, we call this outcome and performance goals. And like outcome is, you know, I want a place there or I want to go to the final. And you don't really control that because mm-hmm. you don't control what the other girls do. I mean, obviously going to the yeah. final, you can throw the automatic qualifier and then you will go to the final. But like if you would say, I want a medal, you can't control what the other girls do no. and performance goals. Yes. Okay. I want to throw this distance. It's like, okay, you have some control, but not really. But it's, it really sounds that you go back all the way to maybe focusing more on the process right before the competition. It sounds a little bit like that yeah. because you're like, I'm yeah. not in a good place. It's probably not going to go well. And I don't expect <laughs> anything. I'm just going to go in there like <laughs> throw well. Yeah. 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 I think that's, yeah. That is sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hilarious that you kind of do this accidentally because you freak out.
1: <laughs> but, I know, but no,
0: but it is actually that this this worked best for me. I I, yeah. I gotta tell you tell you a secret here. Like when I went to the mm-hmm. World Championships final in twenty seventeen, I had done two throws. And we were not good enough. It was like, I'd thrown 59, something like that. And it was just the best mm-hmm. qualification in history. So you needed like 62 something. And I knew that before my last round. And I was just like, kept my focus. But I was like, I somehow in my mind, is like, okay, I need to throw really far. I need to basically like pull out here the third best throw of my life to make the final. So I kind of just like mm-hmm. let go of the thought of going to the final and just thought, I'm just going to throw as well as I can. Like, I'm going to forget yeah. about the final and I'm just going to throw as well as I can. And I was just like, I'm going to get that left leg down fast. That was all I was thinking about. Mm. And I did throw my second best throw. I threw over 63 and I went to the final. But it was like, it wasn't until I let go of it that I could relax enough
1: to do it. So, yeah. I think that's I, I think that's the key. <laughs> yeah. Like, you have to be relaxed. Like, you can't you can't force that's it. something I've realized like you can't have yeah you can't force it like it's it's gotta come and um, yeah like focusing on how far you throw like that has never worked for me like no. I have to have like a technical cue yeah. that I think of and uh, like I don't know just visualize the feeling and how I'm, I'm gonna have to be loose and like explosive and yeah, yeah more thinking of more focusing on that yeah so that's probably the key because you managed to do it I mean (laughs) it is
0: it is a very fine balance like when you get all that adrenaline and you're like I'm gonna win today like you were like at the NCAAs but then you don't put that into like oh you know and you tense up and just do something but you manage to put that into what you explained there like just the feeling I want to get this feeling but I put all this energy into that that's Mm -hmm. when i think you can (laughs) that's why you're throwing so well when it matters the most now we know (laughs) (laughs) i solved the riddle (laughs) but yeah when you are competing in the big competitions like i mean we have so that's what you're thinking like what is going through your head is it just one technical cue you visualize that feeling that you want to have and then you just one cue or like, if you think about when you were um, in the world championships, like either in the qualifications in 22 or, or 23 or in the final in 22, like what were
1: you thinking during the competition? I would just say, yeah, I would just say it's technique. Mm. technique and stuff. Like have one cue yeah. or two cues I'm thinking of. Uh, because then, I don't know, and also like be relaxed. Yeah. I also thinking about being relaxed because I can't stress up and be tense because then I can't perform <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'm. I feel like that's where the mindfulness come in. Like I can, I'm be, I'm more aware of what I'm doing and how, how I can like calm, like, I don't know how to explain it, but like if I'm, Noticing, okay, yeah, my brain is all over the place. I'm not focusing on the right thing. Yeah. Then I can be like, okay, it's calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I need to focus on this, yeah. <laughs> and like I don't know, bring back focus where it's supposed to be. Um, so that's what I'm doing before I go into ring, I guess. And then visualize what I'm gonna do, and then think of the technical cue, and then just throw. yeah, that is the key to all of this. And
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then I got a,
0: another. I had. I, as I said before, I did a little bit of research slash talking. <laughs> no, I heard you on another, mm-hmm. I heard you on the Throw Big, Throw Far podcast, and you were talking about, yeah. like, your biggest thing. It was obviously, like, controlling your adrenaline, and that's what you have been talking about now that you get so stressed. But then we got a listener question for you here, is what do you do to stay calm during competitions? So we've we've talked a little bit about, like, you know, before the competition, when you're super nervous, and you throw up, and and you're, like... Noticing what your body's doing and if you're tensing up and and all this. And obviously, Mm -hmm. if you're super nervous, like before the competition, you can do a deep relaxation. But if you start getting nervous during the competition, like how do you stay calm? Let's say, you know, somebody passes you and you need to respond or you have one more throw left. You're in a stressful situation. Do you do anything different then? Or is it just the mindfulness
1: If I mean like a press in a lot of pressure, like if I have to perform mm. to go to, th- to you know if I have to throw for it, then I normally just tell myself, okay, yeah, you have one chance. <laughs> like I got, I don't know. I feel like because then I'm getting stressed, and then I get like adrenaline, and I need a lot of adrenaline to throw for. Mm. So I think that's kind of good. <clears throat> um, so. I, I don't know, I just learned to realize that stress can be something good. Like you don't have to freak out just because you are nervous. Like Normally when I go into the ring and do my first round, I'm shaking. Like I have so much adrenaline that I'm like shaking and I, I'm i like, oh, but, but I have so much adrenaline. So my body is just like so explosive. So I managed to throw for far anyways, even if the technique isn't perfect um so yeah (laughs) um what what was the question like how do you stay
0: calm or like it's basically just how you how you control your adrenaline i mean you talked about a little bit before that you and this is what i'm so impressed with because when you do this i mean you get all this adrenaline it is a very fine Road to be able to control it so that you don't go and just like oh you know because <laughs> that doesn't work. Yeah. To be able to still keep the technique but put the, all that energy in the right direction, so to speak. So. Yeah. I think that is that is just something that you seem to just be able to do.
1: So you hype yourself up. I mean, you have to. I feel like it's yeah. I feel like I've learned to control it better. um But it it has not come to me naturally, like, I don't know. It's just, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just trying to (laughs) calm, okay. Like, okay, normally when you're stressed, you, your brain can like, also your focus is shifting to all different things. And like, okay, imagine if this happened, imagine if that happened. So I guess I'm trying to, get my focus on the right thing. Like, okay, I need to focus on this. I don't care about what everyone else is doing. How far they're throwing. I don't care. (laughs) Uh, So I guess that makes me more like, I don't know, the adrenaline is like inside me instead of like all over the (laughs) face. I
0: don't know. I I think it's just exactly what you're saying. The (laughs) mindfulness, you, you kind of channel it and you can focus and then you focus on a technical thing. You put it there. Mm-hmm. Sounds
1: like. Yes. Yeah. And before, like, <clears throat> something that I also uh, learned from a sports check is like, you can do like an exercise. Like, if you have a lot of bad thoughts in your head, like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna throw bad in this competition. Mm. Let's say that's what I'm thinking. Okay, then I say that for 30 seconds. I'm gonna throw bad in this competition. I'm gonna throw bad in this competition. Oh, really? You say it over and over again. And then you change it. So I have a thought that I'm gonna throw bad in this competition. Ah. I have a thought that you're gonna throw bad in this competition. Say that for 30 seconds. And then you say, I am I observing that I'm having a thought that I'm gonna throw bad in this, ah. in this competition. I observed that I have a thought that I'm gonna throw bad in this com- in competition. And so this helps me distance myself from my thoughts like make me realize okay yeah it's just a thought like I'm not gonna so bad it's just a thought you know like your thoughts are not and and they're
0: not the truth
1: you can make them the
0: truth if you like like you get caught up in them and you respond to them this in that way but they aren't the truth when they are only your thought I Mm -hmm. love that and this is a very good technique to kind of distance yourself
1: from it yeah sure. so I guess I do that sometimes like if I have a thought like yeah yeah you will not be able to pass it and I'm like shut up I will. <laughs> mean, I don't know it's just it's just a thought yes, I can. you know I don't know <laughs> now this is some yeah. really good tips
0: that you're giving here and it's very impressive how well obviously you've been able to do it but now if we shift gears again to what is coming up? I mean, you have a huge year coming up. It's the European Championships in Rome, and then there's the Olympics in Paris. But are you going to make it to Rome? I mean, it's early June. No. You have the I oh. NCAA. Oh no!
1: My incident is right I at the same know. time. So
0: is it at the same extent, time?
1: Unfortunately. Yeah, I looked it up because I really wanted to of go course. to the <laughs> European Championship. Oh. Uh, it was it was not possible to to do so. Okay. Yeah, so obviously... then it
0: is the Olympics. Well, and the NCAAs. That's yes. actually a really, really strong competition as well. Yeah. That is insane. So how mm-hmm. are you looking at this year? I mean, obviously you said that the preparation was a little shaky there in the beginning, but it's coming along. And I mean 1844, first competition. I mean you're obviously in shape. And things are going well.
1: How do you f- oh. how do you feel about the year? Uh, uh, I'm excited. Uh, I mean, Olympics has been like a childhood dream. Uh, so it's kind of surreal that it's coming up and that I'm, I'm hopefully gonna be there and competing. Um, Are you qualified or have so, you been selected? No, I have not. Okay. Okay. Uh, Straight. I was over the standard like so many times before the qualification times opened. Ah. But uh, <laughs> I, then I got injured, and then I didn't. Oh, I haven't thrown over 1880 before after that. Okay, so um,
0: so that's the goal, yeah.
1: 1880. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm excited, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean it's also a little scary because you know it's one it feels like it's like one chance, you know, like it's every, every fourth years. And, uh, it's, it's don't scary you because don't do you, so many Olympics. Yeah, you're
0: like a little bit, like, I don't know what's going to happen in four years. I just
1: know where I am right now. And it's coming up now. Yeah. 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 So that freaks me out a little bit, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah i mean i can tell you i'm gonna
0: i can tell you from experience like don't worry about that i i felt exactly like (laughs) this feeling that you're talking about i i mean i went to beijing that was my first olympics and i had this exact same feeling it's like because i also Mm -hmm. i had an elbow injury months before the olympics and i was like should i go or should i not and it's like I have this chance. I am qualified. I, I can't go to the Olympics. I was hoping I would recover in time. But I was like, I don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen in my life. Anything can happen. I don't know if I will be,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, where I will be in four years or anything like that. So yeah. I was. it was very this, like, I wanted to go to the Olympics. But then, mm-hmm. I mean, I went to three and almost four. So <laughs> it,
1: no. you have plenty
0: of time. You're so young. You have plenty of time. So don't don't let that worry you right now. But yeah So that's obviously the focus And you said it before You want to go to the final in Paris And first get there Get the ticket And then it's the final Mm -hmm. Yes Does that Do you feel a lot of pressure from home again now When With the Olympic year coming up Yeah
1: I do Uh, And uh, It can be tough sometimes (laughs) Handling all that Um, But I don't know. I just right now I feel like this fall I was just focusing so much on uh, like doing everything right, like sleep good, like no partying, like just like you know I wanted to do everything better so I can do good this year because I really really want to throw far this year mm-hmm. at the Olympics. Um, and I just think that that was not good for me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I feel like I need to do. I, feel, I don't know. I just feel like my life wasn't so much fun, you know, mm. I was like, I don't know. So now from now on, I'm going to be like, I don't know. I don't give a fuck. Like more mm. like that mindset. Um, Remember it got you to 1954. To, I know. So yeah, I'm going to be more chill about it. And yeah, I mean, I'm going to do everything I can. but I'm also going to have fun. I feel like, yeah. yeah and we will see how it goes of course i don't know <laughs> of course uh, i'm 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 doing my best and gonna continue doing my best so yeah, yeah we will see it's gonna be very interesting to
0: watch you this year yeah. it's gonna be a lot of fun <laughs> it's always interesting to watch you because you never know what's gonna happen just poof to know. one meter pb who knows <laughs> who knows no but i think it's, hmm? it's very interesting that you say this because um my sports psychologist, my old sports psychologist, she, she talked about this sometimes. And she actually warned me. I worked with her before my uh, two last Olympics and actually what was going to be my third. But <laughs> then a little COVID came. <laughs> but oh. yeah, that's, I retired in 2020. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so one thing that she said is that it's so common that athletes are trying to do something special. Before the Olympics, it's yeah. like you this is so special because it's, it's so big and it's every four years and you feel like you need to do something more, you know, so you try to train more or like you say, you try to focus more, you try to like, you know, sacrifice more. And that's not the thing to do because I mean obviously if there is something lacking like if let's say that you're just not training enough then you need to do more if you're not focused enough then you need to be more focused but if you have been that and you're doing good then it's like this this is what got you here so this is what will you know get you there you don't need to do something different so that's just I thought this was like one of the best advice that I got from her because this hit home with me I was like Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Because you, it felt like you needed to yeah. do something special, but no. you just need to be Axelina in the ring and just do your thing and you throw. And <laughs> that's how it works yeah. out best. <laughs> but yeah. before we wrap up, uh, I got three questions that I always ask at the end of my interviews. And I want to start with, do you think that you would be in a different place in your career if you had like worked on your mindset or trained your mind right from the start? Uh, yes. You think so?
1: I think so. In what way? I think I would have had like easier to dealt with some stuff Mm. and probably have better self-confidence and I don't know, just have a better, I don't know, be more kind to myself. That's very good. I think. Very good point. Yeah. Very good answer. So. <laughs> next question is
0: what is your why why do you do shop what does it give you why are you doing it
1: uh, I think it's fun to like um, being able to like travel to different places and meet new people and see like I don't know different cultures and stuff like that I also think it's a lot of fun competing at big competitions and, um, I don't know, just the good, the atmosphere, everything. I would say everything I like experience from the shop, it, I think it's very, very fun. Um, I also really like, uh, like when I see improvement and I, and I like being strong. I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The uh, yeah, don't you love that? When you're yeah. like been
0: working, working and you see improvement, it's just like oh, <laughs> oh that's the best yes, feeling. Exactly. I was like I realized yeah. this at some point. It's like this is what I love. I love challenging me myself and I love working hard and then seeing that it works mm-hmm. and what it gives me. It's just like oh, yes. <laughs> Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So that brings us to the last one. How do you get in the zone? Now the name of the podcast is the Athlete Zone Podcast. So how do you get in the zone?
1: Oh, good question. Um I would say just uh I mean prepare myself mentally before the competition. Uh Kind of think about what is gonna happen, and uh, oh lord, (laughs) (laughs) and I got a little bit distracted. Um, (laughs) Wait, (laughs) what do I do? I I don't know. Trying to focus on the right things, and um, yeah, yeah, say tell myself that I'm gonna far and I that I can't no nothing's going so far more like that I can't do it yeah you can't do well yeah
0: yeah very good answer so just before mm. I let you go here where can people find you if they want to follow this extremely exciting journey <laughs> to
1: Paris they <laughs> so can follow me they can follow me on my Instagram yeah uh, it's axelina.johansson uh, so my name. Yeah, I will <laughs> put the links in yeah. the show
0: notes so people can go mm-hmm. and I recommend that you go and follow <laughs> Thank you so much again for taking the time and taking some time out of your day. I know you've been; <laughs> it's a lot to do there, and with the time difference, you didn't have a lot of time slots to do this. So I really, really <laughs> appreciate your time. And selfishly, I also just had a lot of fun because I mean, yeah, me too. Like I said, <laughs> I, I had so much fun watching you. Uh, cause I, I knew you a little bit. I was competing against you, even though I was in the shop, but just, you know, for fun. But mm-hmm. just to follow your journey, it's been like an adventure that is just so much fun. <laughs> and it's, it's so much fun to watch you compete because it can, it just shines through how much fun you're having. And I love that mm-hmm. when athletes show emotions and they're obviously like having fun and so on. So I just, it was so much fun to get to pick your brain and know what you what you're doing like what's happening behind the scenes so thank you so much for that <laughs> yeah no problem <laughs> so i hope you have a great rest of your day it's evening here so i'm gonna go to bed soon but thank you so much <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> well done finishing another episode of the athlete zone podcast connect with me at athlete zone podcast on instagram and share your thoughts Don't forget to subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to your podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, train smart.